essentially the same unappreciative crowd full of scumbags from last night. Hello and welcome to this week's edition of the Scumbags Wrestling Podcast. My name is Sean, coming to you from London, Ontario, Canada. I was gone for about two weeks with a trip to the Caribbean, but I'm back right now and I've finally caught up on the WD Hall of Fame and also on WrestleMania 35. Really good shows. However, that doesn't mean that the wrestling world has come to a stop just because I went on vacation. Things carried on, and so am I with everything that happened this past week with Smash Wrestling and Barry Wrestling in Aurelia and all the calendar coming up for Smash Wrestling because they got a busy spring and summer along with the Northern Tournament and the Smash Wrestling Tag Team Invitational involving five other promotions. So I'm going to review all that. We're going to get to the interviews that I meant to post while I was away on vacation with Singh Bassi and Nova from the Russell Factory. And then we'll look at this weekend's cards from around Ontario, including Smash in Toronto on Saturday and Impact Wrestling presenting Rebellion on Sunday from the Rebel in Toronto. We also look at the goings-on and news with the build-up to Double or Nothing for next month and StarCast. Then we'll finish off the show with some WDE news. So I'll be right back after these short messages and we'll get right into it with everything involving Smash Wrestling. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Brent Money Banks and you are listening to Scumbags of Wrestling. Scumbags is money. Coming April 26th to the 28th at the Ramada Inn, London, Ontario, it's Shockstock. Shockstock is London, Ontario's premier annual horror and subculture con- convention. Each year we bring, for a few short days, the real deal in sleaze, horror, and exploitation with celebrities, events, and vendors who know what the fans want. No insane lineups, no curfews, no problem. Enjoy jam-packed vendor rooms, a full weekend-long film festival with awards and fully stocked bar and lounge with nighttime events on-site and more. Submit your film via Film Freeway at filmfreeway.com shockstock. Presented by London's own Sultans of Slime, Vagrancy Films, The Grim Brothers Entertainment, in association with Fangora, Raven Banner, and of course, Bob's Ultimate Meats. 
The Signature Spot with Chris Toplack is a weekly podcast available every Thursday that covers the world of professional wrestling. It's an easy-to-digest show that ranges from 30 to 40 minutes in length and focuses on show recaps, highlights from the week, industry news and rumors, full event previews along with predictions, topics of the week, and featured guests such as journalists and fellow podcasters. It's a professional yet personable show that's all about connecting with you. To subscribe, head over to youtube.com forward slash the signature spot or listen on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever podcasts are available. And to be a part of the conversation, like the signature spot on Facebook. Hello, once again, wrestling fans. I'm back from vacation and it's time to dive back into everything that happened in Smash Wrestling. While I was away, Alan Taylor was busy posting a lot of updates on the upcoming schedules that's happening. Plus, last Saturday, Smash Wrestling and Barry Wrestling presented the Mariposa of Mayhem in Aurelia, Ontario. I was able to get some of the results, so let's dive in and look at what happened. The opening contest saw Puff take on The Muscle, who was accompanied to the ring by London's own Violet Lee. Puff picked up the victory after World's Puffiest Slam. Smash Wrestling Tag Team Champions Halal Beefcake defeated the team of Jim Strider and Jody Threat, with Strider taking the pinfall. D-Man Dan Parker, who was recently on an episode of The Price is Right, using bids as 666 and 420, defeated Anthony Kingdom James with a roll-up. After the match, Kingdom beat down Parker and then addressed the audience, still disgruntled over what's going on with Sebastian Suave and the Pillars. He then announced that the two singles matches involving the Pillars of Sebastian Suave against Brent Banks and Tarek defending against Tyson Dukes would now be a four-way match with all four Pillars taking on each other. Violet Lee, who was accompanied to the ring by The Muscle, defeated Shiloh with the Ultraviolet, her new signature move. Disgraceland, represented by John Greed and Lucas, defeated the Factory, the team of Alec Realm and Fireball Jordan James. Both Greed and Lucas pinned Realm and James simultaneously after they hit their finishers. In what was described to me as an utterly amazing match that you will not want to miss when it happens on the Fight Network, Tarek retained the Smash Wrestling Championship over his fellow pillar members by defeating Brent Banks with the detonation kick. This was the first appearance by Smash Wrestling and Barry Wrestling together in Aurelia at the St. Paul Center, and with the way the crowd was so hot from start to finish, this will not be the last time that Smash Wrestling appears there. Usually you have to build up a crowd. This crowd came built and prepared for wrestling action. Puff and Brent Banks were clearly the most over talent there happening that night, with Anthony Kingdom James and the Muscle being huge heat magnets. Now let's take a look at the upcoming schedule for Smash Wrestling it's not too far away, as this Saturday, April 27th, just a little dramatic, happening at the Franklin Horner Community Center in Toronto, Ontario. It's personal for Carter Mason when he faces off again with John Greed following several attacks. Will Disgracelands, Albright, and Logan be around, or does Mason have a fair fight on his hands this month? 
Round one and two of the Smash Wrestling Tag Team Invitational Tournament will happen this Saturday in Toronto, as four teams will enter and only one can advance. In the first match, Fight or Flight will take on kill screen members Scotty O'Shea and Mark Wheeler. They'll face the winners of the Pillars, Brent Banks and Tyson Dukes, or the Butcher and Blade. In just a moment, I'll break down the rest of the tournament brackets involving the other organizations that are taking part in the Smash Wrestling Tag Team Invitational. Smash Wrestling fans, this is Shigehiro Irie. I am excited to uh, wrestle in Toronto very first time. I won World Championship title in Japan, USA and England. I won't be a champion in Canada. Nihon Shinhiro Ishii is one of the most traveled wrestlers in the past two years. He's competed in the top companies all over the world. And this Saturday, he makes his much-anticipated debut at Smash Wrestling. He set his sights on being a champion in Canada. He'll have that opportunity as he challenges Tarek for the Smash Wrestling Championship in a triple threat match that also includes the remix Kevin Bennett. Rounding out the card on just a little dramatic, we'll see Violet Lee take on The Muscle. Sebastian Suave faces off against Jason Kincaid, and there'll be a ladder match for a tub of protein powder. As the Smash Wrestling Tag Team Champions, Idris Abraham and Joe Coleman will go one-on-one with the winner of the match, being the first person to obtain the tub of protein powder. That seems a little crazy, but it's actually happening. This Saturday, Toronto, the Franklin Horner Community Center. Just a little dramatic. Joe, and it was worth it because we're champions now. But this time we're not training for a similar fight. We're training for something different. Like, we're training for a one-on-one fight against each other in a ladder match. Stupid. With a ton of protein hanging above the ring. Like, how dare Smash Rusting Management try and pit us, best friends, against each other? I think they're so smart, Idris. They're not. But I'm the genetic jackpot Joe Coleman. I've got it all. It's in the name. Not only am I the broad of halal beefcake, I'm the brains too. I've got an idea. I'm going to go up that ladder. I'll snag it because I'd crush you in one minute. And then we'll share the protein. Oh, hold I don't up. have to hurt you. Hold up. I don't you might be, hurt you. You might be the brawn, but you're definitely not the brains. By the time the bell ring even registers in his dumb mind, <laughs> I'll be up there with the proteins in my hand. <laughs> Idris, you stupid bitch. All you ever do is brag about how much money you make. Get your sweet shoot job. You can buy all the protein you want, buddy. It's fine. I'll get the protein. We'll share. You're pissing me off, Joe. You're acting like a dumb slut. You have your own protein line. Protein's your whole gimmick, man. You don't need it. Idris, 
everybody knows that Protocolypse is just a freaking work, okay? I'm sick of this crap. You're not sharing this stupid video. Delete this shit. Delete this shit. You're not making a montage out of it. I'm doing what I want to show that, bitch. Oh, yeah? Yeah, try it. Don't disrespect your daddy. I'll do what I want, yo. Don't make money. You're not posting this stupid crap. I told you you're not. Screw it. Delete this shit. No. I told you delete No. We're done. No. 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 I'll kick your ass with that ladder match. Yo, this is Tarek. You're listening to Scumbags of Wrestling. Punch, kick, chop, done. As mentioned a couple minutes ago, Smash Wrestling is presenting the first ever Smash Wrestling Tag Team Invitational Tournament. Smash Wrestling believes strongly in collaboration. Working with partner promotions has been crucial to their growth. Smash is incredibly excited to announce the evolution of their annual tag team tournament into Smash Wrestling Tag Team Invitational. This summer, Smash Wrestling, along with five other partner promotions, will produce a 24-team Invitational Tournament spanning across all six promotions. As each company is set to hold their own individual four-team bracket, the winning team from each promotion will then be invited to Smash Wrestling to continue to compete in the tournament's final rounds. Smash Wrestling's first round tournament matches involve Fight or Flight taking on Killscreen and the Pillars taking on the Butcher and the Blade. The first and second round will happen this Saturday at Just a Little Dramatic. The other companies involved in this sixth promotion tag team invitational include Wild Zero. Their contribution has the production taking on Philly and Marino experience, plus Coast to Coast taking on Mike Skyros and Jay Freddy. Wild Zero is out of Syracuse, New York, and their matches will happen on May 19th. Ultimate Championship Wrestling from Bear River, Nova Scotia will present the Untouchables against a team yet to be determined and East Coast Warriors taking on Sabotage. Their matches will happen on May 3rd. Innovate Wrestling out of Kingsport, Tennessee presents their matches on May 25th. The Ugly Ducklings take on the Brotherhood and Cruel Intentions take on the Renegades. FLQ Wrestling out of Montreal, Quebec will present their matches on May 4th with Sky Savages taking on Montreal Elite and TDT versus... Le Grandier du Ring. I'm probably butchering it because it's French. I apologize to the team and to FLQ Wrestling. And on May 24th and 25th, PWA in Guelph and Kitchener will present their matches. First will be the Temple versus the team we love wrestling and United Front taking on the Super Reversos. The winning teams will advance to the semifinals happening July 6th in Toronto with the finals happening right here in London on July 7th. That's the Smash Wrestling Tag Team Invitational Tournament involving Smash Wrestling, Innovate Wrestling, FLQ, Wild Zero, Ultimate Championship Wrestling, and PWA Canada. And that brings us back to our Smash Wrestling calendar with May 26th, Right here in London at the London Music Hall, Get Your Fight On, featuring 
TJP, the first ever WWE Cruiserweight Classic Champion, along with the first Cruiserweight Champion of the modern era in WWE, comes to London, along with the return of Mike Rollins as he comes back from his tour in Japan. Matches will be announced later on this week. And then that takes us to the Northern Tournament. It's a two-day this year on June 1st and June 2nd at the Franklin Horner Community Center in Toronto. On June 1st, eight first-round matches will feature Canadian and international talent. Then, on night two, June 2nd, there will be four semifinal matches, additional matches including the Smash Wrestling Championship on the line, and the tournament finals. Just before I left for vacation, Smash Wrestling began announcing the 16 competitors that would take part in this year's Northern Tournament, and that included the Ultimo Dragon, Josh Briggs, Tyson Dukes, Speedball Mike Bailey, Matt Cross, John Greed, The Blade Pepper Parks, Anthony Green, Sebastian Suave, and Jason Kincaid. Since then, others have been added to the tournament, such as Psycho Mike Rollins, Evil Uno, The King of the North, Carter Mason, Stu Grayson, Jim Strider, and the final competitor announced just the other day, Lufisto. If this year's tournament is anything like last year's tournament, you will not want to miss this. It's worth the drive to Toronto to stay overnight and take in both the events on the Saturday and Sunday, June 1st and 2nd, at the Franklin Horror Community Center. Smash Wrestling will take a little bit of a rest the rest of the month of June, but come back strong in July, on July 6th, right back there at the Franklin Horror Community Center for Just Add Wrestling. It'll feature the Smash Wrestling return of London's own Sean Spears. Plus, it'll have the semifinals of the Smash Wrestling Tag Team Invitational, where the winners from all six promotions will make it to the semifinals. The very next night, on July 7th, Smash Wrestling comes down the highway to London at the London Music Hall for 10, 10, 10. And the return of Sean Spears to the Smash Wrestling ring here in London. This event will also feature the finals of the Interpromotional Smash Wrestling Tag Team Invitational. On July 13th, Smash Wrestling returns to the Ken Houston Memorial Agricultural Center in Dresden, Ontario. Last summer, Dresden came out and showed Smash Wrestling why they deserve to have a show. And they're getting another one this summer. The Scumbags of Wrestling had a huge section last time. We're going to look to have another section. And you can find out more information over the coming weeks when tickets become available at our Facebook page. We're pretty spoiled here in London to have the London Music Hall, but the Dresden Arena was a really good experience last year, and these guys really come out to support wrestling, and it's only an hour away, so let's go and support it again. Support the junior hockey team that they have, and have a great time. 
July 21st, Smash Wrestling heads to Kitchener at the Taste of the Tannery for the new kids on the block. Last time Smash Wrestling was in Kitchener, it was a loud, sold-out crowd, and you guys got your money's worth, so don't miss out on the next time Smash Wrestling comes to Kitchener for New Kids on the Block. Smash Wrestling doesn't slow down in the month of August either, as there are plenty of big week packed full of amazing wrestling in Toronto. Smash Wrestling welcomes their British friends, Progress Wrestling, and their German friends, WXW along with live shows of the Megan Boys. On August 7th, Smash Wrestling takes on Progress Wrestling at 8pm. On August 8th, Progress has their own show at 8pm. On August 9th, WXW will have a show at 4pm, with Smash having one at 8pm. And on August 10th, the Megan Boys will have a show with time yet to be determined. Tickets and information can be found at smash-wrestling.com. Also on August 10th, The Summit, a collaborative women's wrestling super show, will take place on August 10th, involving Smash Wrestling, Rise, Femme Patels, and Shimmer, all working together to bring this unique show to Toronto. There'll be a meet and greet at 10 a.m. and the show starting at noon. And they'll wrap up all the information and news coming out of Smash Wrestling. Let's take a look at the rest of the wrestling activity happening around Ontario this coming weekend. Brought to you by Shockstock 2019. Happening April 26th, 27th, and 28th at the Ramada in London. This Friday, April 26th, C4 Wrestling presents Heat. Happening at the St. Anthony's Banquet Hall. In Ottawa, Ontario, you'll see stars such as Holden Albright, Mark Wheeler, Stu Grayson, The Fraternity, Alexia Nicole, Evil Uno, Tyson Dukes, The Space Pirates, Fire Flight, TDT, and LAX. As they take on The Butcher and the Blade, and Ethan Page faces... James Stone, and a triple threat match featuring Angel, Kobe Durst, and Josh Alexander. If you're in Timmins, Ontario, you can check out Rock Solid Wrestling with Gold Rush 2019 on Saturday, April 27th. The main event will see the spoiler and a mystery partner taking on Cody Deaner and John Atlas. On Sunday, April 28th, Crossfire Wrestling presents Mayhem in St. Catharines. You'll see stars such as Congo Kong, Jake O'Reilly, Anthony Darko, Holly Dead, Beautiful Bia, Tyler Turva, and Jake Jones. On April 28th, Impact Wrestling presents Rebellion Pay-Per-View at The Rebel in Toronto. The following night, April 29th, Impact Wrestling does TV taping at the Rebel Entertainment Center in Toronto. This has been your independent wrestling calendar for Ontario, brought to you by Shockstock 2019, happening April 26th to the 28th at the Ramada in London.
Are you looking to get into the wrestling business? Well, look no further than the Tyson Dukes Wrestle Factory, located right here in London, Ontario. It's Tyson has over 20 years of experience in the wrestling world, and he's even been brought down to the WWE Performance Center to be a guest trainer. We've already seen the likes of Jordan James, Kyle Boone, Violet Lee, Jim Strider, Pharaoh Bowman, Chris Mitchells, and many more. Plus, the new generation that are coming from the second group, such as Josh Pine, Shiloh, Nova, Frankie War, and many more. You don't want to miss your opportunity to learn from one of the best in Ontario, if not all of Canada, or the world, in Tyson Dukes. So that's the Tyson Dukes Wrestling Factory. It's open Monday, Wednesday, and Thursdays. And located at 309 Exeter Road, here in London. Before we look at all the goings-on happening with Impact Wrestling with Rebellion, updates on Double or Nothing, and StarCast, plus WWE News, they head back to school, the Tyson Dukes Wrestling Factory. Just before I left for vacation, I stopped by the Tyson Dukes Wrestling Factory to speak to Singh Bassey and Nova. I had planned to post this while I was away on vacation as a special episode, which unfortunately that didn't happen due to a lack of Wi-Fi in the ports that I was in and the timing that I had to post it. However, I can still present you these two great interviews with these upstart students from the Tyson Dukes Wrestle Factory. So, going back to school with Nova and Singh Bassey. Okay, it's Scumbags Wrestling Podcast. I am Sean, and I'm at the Wrestle Factory. It's uh, day after Smash Wrestling's Lauder now, and I'm sitting here with uh, Singh Bassey. How are you doing today? I'm great. How are you? Doing well. It's been a little bit since I've uh, been here. Uh, I wanted to check in on the new students, the new crop. Those who have already been in front of crowds and see how things are going, uh, the first experience on that. So my first question is, what's your earliest memory of wrestling that made you say, wow, and I'm going to continue watching this? It's, I've just been watching wrestling my entire life. I know that sounds cliche, but I just grew up with it. My brother was five years older. He started watching. So as soon as I was around three, I think, was my earliest memory. Um, I remember Kane walking in and ripping the cage door. That's one of the memories I have. Owen Hart was my favorite. I was only three or four, and I, I just, he was my favorite. I fell in love with him. And yeah, those are my earliest memories for this one. Yeah, understandable. Like in my case, I uh, didn't watch it at all until I was 10. Saw Savage with the ring bell and breaking Steamboat's neck. Yeah. I was like, whoa. And I had to sneak that with my family because they were into the <laughs> wrestling thing until Savage and Elizabeth got hitched. And then, yeah. Family was into watching because of the soap opera thing, so that's awesome. With Kane and uh, himself, his debut that way. Yeah. So, what actually inspired you to become a wrestler? You know, what was that moment that you said, "I can do this"? I think I always 
growing up, I was always a tall kid, so I always knew I was gonna be bigger. And I knew wrestling, if you're bigger, you're better. They're looking for bigger guys. So for me, it was always, I know I can do this, and I have that diversity I bring to the table. And just growing up, I always loved ice hockey. Didn't get a chance to play it when you grow up with immigrant parents. You're forced to play soccer instead, so that was my first love. I didn't get to do that. So I told myself, I have to wrestle. This is something I have to do. I have to follow at least one of my passions. So I just started out, started out in Vancouver, came out here in London, and yeah, I've just been going at it since. Awesome. So uh, what's been the highlight for you so far? Um, you've already had the show uh, Proving Ground at Henshaw, and last night at uh, Louder Now in the pre-show. So what's been your highlight so far? Here in London, I would say my highlight's been definitely last night. I think there was just an energy in the crowd, knowing that we were part of a fairly big show. I know it was just a pre-show. Just to be part of that, being able to team up with the Pharaoh, uh, it was great. Just definitely helping out in the ring. And just as I went toe-to-toe with James Strider, just going forearm to forearm. I mean, that was just that was special. You could, you could feel it in the crowd. The crowd was kind of feeling that moment. That was my highlight. Yeah, I got a couple pictures of you two going back and yeah, forth. Yeah, I saw those. Yeah. I think my uh, Google uh, <laughs> ended up making a little uh, gift for, for that. Yeah. Um, so what brought you to the Tyson Dukes uh, Wrestle Factory? So yeah, I started out in Vancouver. I was training out there with Ray Kasaki. Uh, and then just, I knew I couldn't stay in BC and make a name. I knew I would have to go out. Ontario's the biggest place in Canada to really, for the wrestling scene to make it. Um, I talked to, I was talking to Chelsea Green. She told me, really, if you want to make it, you have to either fly yourself out a lot or you have to leave BC. So seeing has how she became so successful, I knew that was something I had to do. I listened to Kyle O'Reilly's podcast. I listened to the Singh Brothers. And it was just a lot of the same stuff. Like, we can't really stay in Vancouver. Your breaks are going to come when you leave. El Fantasma was another name. He's, uh, he left Vancouver and went to England. He started crushing it there. Now he's part of Bullet Club in Japan. So the talent's there in Vancouver. It's just nobody's really getting opportunities until they leave. And it, that really hit me. It made me realize, okay, if I really, really want this, I have to go to Ontario. And then, like, it's, there's no guarantees, obviously. And, but like, that's where I have to be. And I, I, I wish I could be in the States, but obviously, being a Canadian, it doesn't work like that. Uh, I find that kind of interesting. You said you talked to Chelsea Green, yeah. who trained with Lance Storm, yeah. yet you came all the way to Ontario instead of stopping in Calgary to see Lance. So, um, <laughs> so Lance Storm actually had an opening. I, I messaged him about it, but there wasn't enough time to really get there because Lance Storm has like two-year waiting lists. So I couldn't really get it, but there was one like an opening there, and he's like, "If you can come, get here in five days, there's an opening." So I was thinking about it, thinking about it. I was talking to my parents about it. I messaged Chelsea, and in the end, I'm just like. I'm gonna go to Ontario anyway, so I'm like, I'll just stay here now, you know, save money. Don't really have enough time to go there, find a place, set up, because it's tough to move. So yeah, by the time Chelsea was it, it was too late. I already turned down the offer, and she was like, 
Sure, it's okay. I'm here now. Happy to be here. So how have you described your time with Tyson? Uh, a lot of progression, a lot of knowledge uh, coming from Tyson? Yeah, ton of progression. I feel like I've improved so much. I don't even know how to describe how much I've improved. Just the knowledge that Tyson brings to the table. I, like, I genuinely don't know if there's a smarter wrestling mind out there. Just the way he's able to break things down, break things down as what you're doing wrong, what you can do better. And it's just simple stuff that, as a pro wrestler, you don't even really think about, but it's so small and it helps so much. So yeah, just being here, he's helped a ton with just all of the smaller things. Yeah, it's interesting as well, as I said to some of the other students, that Tyson is a guy who's been invited down to NXT right. to help train and whatever issues at the border and whatever's going on, you're getting right here in London the same training that they're getting in uh, Full Sail. Exactly. Um, that was part of the reason why I came here. Because I was thinking about a couple other places, but I, I came here to London because Tyson's here. And it was just... I knew he had that pedigree, obviously. If I know who you are and I'm in BC, you're a big name. But then just the fact that he went down to Full Sail, helped train there, was part of the CWC. I mean, it's, it's right. he speaks for himself. Like, I mean, like, everything, yeah. So, um, another hot topic in wrestling is the fact of intergender wrestling. People right. like Jim Cornette and even Triple H have said that it's not needed in today's uh, society, yet anywhere else you look, AEW, uh, even in some impact stuff, and all over the indie scene, intergender wrestling is existing. What are your thoughts on intergender wrestling, especially when you're training with the other ladies that are here? This is my opinion. And there's no wrong answer. Yeah, so I think there's wrestling, there's so much to it. It's so open, really. I don't think there's any wrongs in wrestling. So if you want to do intergender wrestling, go for it. I mean, when you train with the women here, they're great. So I have no issues with it. I really don't. Uh, so finally, before we uh, end this uh, conversation, just wondering, where can people find you? Do you have any upcoming bookings that you want to plug? Actually, I do have a booking in Vancouver, All-Star Wrestling, Saturday, April 13th. I'll be facing my former trainer, the great Kasaki. And yeah, it'll be interesting to be able to show him what I'm doing here. You know, he knows me inside out, but now there's a few things that maybe I can throw in there that he doesn't, you know, maybe he doesn't quite know. Yeah, and you get to see family and they get to see you. Yeah, I'm going to be having person. a ton, ton of family and friends coming out. I hope over 20, maybe 30 guys come out and they'll be loud. It'll be interesting. Great. So on social media, how can people reach out to you? Yeah, so I'm on Twitter. I love Twitter. Twitter's my main, my main thing. I know a lot of people, especially in Canada, I feel like don't use Twitter as much, but I'm on Twitter. You can find me at, at Sunny Bassey. Uh, Instagram, it's at Sunny Bassey over everything. And those are the two ones I really use. Okay, perfect. So I uh, thank you for your time. Thank you. And uh, all the best in the future. We'll look uh, to check in uh, six months, a year, whenever we can run into each other again and see how progression has uh, gotten you, where you've uh, been, who you've gone against, and go from there. So thank you for your time. Thank you. This is Sting Bassey. You're listening to the Scumbags Wrestling Podcast.
This is Sting Bassey. You're listening to the Scumbags Wrestling Podcast. Tyson Dukes is currently one half of the Smash Wrestling Tag Team Champions and one of the pillars of wrestling in Ontario. He's had a very impressive career over the past two decades, and it's only natural that aspiring wrestlers would want to learn from a veteran of his caliber. Since October of 2017, Tyson opened up the Tyson Dukes Wrestling Factory here in London, Ontario. Students learned all aspects of wrestling. The first graduates like Jim Strider, Violet Lee, and Jordan James are making their names for themselves on the indie scene. Whether you're a student or a supporter, you can now be a part of the club and purchase your own beautiful zip-up hoodie. They're just $40 up to extra large and $45 for larger sizes. Contact Tyson Dukes Wrestling Factory directly on Facebook to order yours today. And we're here with the Scumbags Wrestling Podcast. I'm checking in with the Tyson Dukes Wrestle Factory, and we're continuing a series of checking in with the students. We've got one of the newest students with me right now, and it's Nova. How are you doing today? I'm good. How are you? Yeah, doing well. It's been a while since I've stopped in at the uh, factory, and I've wanted to catch up with you and Shiloh and a couple others that have made their debuts recently and go from the ground up Absolutely. type deal. So my first question is, what got you first hooked on wrestling? What was that first moment that you said, hey, I want to keep watching this? Um, interestingly, um, in my early teenage years, um, I, my mom got me my first N64 for Christmas. And uh, I started off by playing uh, WCW uh, religiously. And uh, that quickly got me hooked into wrestling. Um, obviously followed is the WWE, watching it on TV. And um, just slowly becoming a bigger fan uh, into attending live events, uh, such as SummerSlams, WrestleManias, Hell in a Cell, etc. Awesome. So was that uh, WCW uh, World Tour or Mayhem that got you first? Mayhem, Mayhem. Mayhem. Yeah, a really good game. I remember I first in my basement playing it nonstop yeah, with the uh, non-submissions off and seeing the guy wobbling and then, oh, you're back, let's do it again. Yeah, absolutely. Run, An hour long. Running at other wrestlers with, with ladders and chairs and stairs and everything. Yeah, it's actually a pretty good game. So <laughs> what inspired you to want to become a wrestler, like to lace it up and step into the ring here? I never seen myself as being able to do this my entire life. Um, so last year in 2018, I, you know, I'm now 30 years old. Um, I've worked 10 years in a career in emergency services where um, a simple, you know, drink of alcohol or a car accident could completely change someone's life. Um, when I watch wrestling. I don't just watch it as a fan. I've always dissected it and always watch the staff work, uh, watch how the, the athletes work. And last year I, I saw it and I said to myself, you know what, this is something I've always wanted to try. You only live once, so why not just try it? And yeah. that's how I got into it. Yeah, you never know and it doesn't matter what age to a certain extent of when you can get into it and it's definitely young enough to still do so. Uh, same with Violet. She's uh, around your same age and uh, done a whole turnaround for her career, too. Absolutely. And so it's never too late. Um, so you recently have had your debuts. Uh, you've done Kitchener, London uh, twice, uh, the Fanshawe Show, and then just uh, last night here in London at uh, Louder yes. Now. 
So what's been the highlight for you so far? Um, the highlight for me has been the fans. You know, it's one thing to train in a uh, training facility in front of my own peers and the other, you know, the, the trainers and the other, um, the other athletes. But you know, stepping out onto a stage in front of everybody, either chanting you or booing you, judging you, dissecting your every move. Uh, the hardcore fans especially, um, you know, I, I'm very, very nervous about it, but um, it's something that I've learned to um, grow with and um, improve from, develop myself. Excellent. So, uh, as I said, you are recently new on the doing it in front of everybody for an audience. Who have you faced so far? Um, so far I have faced Violet Lee. Shiloh and Jody Threat. Excellent. Yeah, yeah. It was Kitchener Jody Threat, I believe. Yes. Yeah, and that was, and then uh, Fanshawe. You had uh, Violet. Violet and then, for my debut. Um, I faced Shiloh um, this past Friday, March 29th, for PWA in Guelph. That was the uh, beer. Uh, yes, that and, was um, a craft beer tasting event mixed with a women's wrestling show. Yeah, an that interesting was concept. awesome. You know what? Now, so far, that's probably been one of my me most memorable shows. Yeah, and uh, things like that will get more people out because you know, wrestling and beer go hand in hand. So Absolutely. it's awesome. Absolutely. What I really enjoyed about it as well, if I can, if I can mention it, is yeah. um, this was a standing room only event with very little wrestling fans. It was all between 40 to 50 year old professionals who were just out to have a good time on a Friday night. Uh, it was a completely different audience and uh, we were able to pull them in that way and get them to love wrestling. And I believe I saw on there that uh, the talent had uh, input on the beer being made as well? Yes, um, so each, uh, each female athlete that wrestled that night represented a brewery. For example, I represented Royal City Brewing, and um, we each had each brewery had a theme. So they asked me to go out in um, '80s theme. So I went out flashy colors. Um, I pulled out my old Ultimate Warrior Halloween outfit, and I got my tassels on. I got to do that. Um, they never offered me to um, create a, create my own beer, but I know, for example, Casey Spinelli. Um, she got to create a beer, and they labeled it Spinelli Sauce or something right. like that. So she loved it. She's a very good as well, so Absolutely. that's awesome. Um, so what brought you to Tyson to train with? I heard very good things about Tyson, and uh, I was referred to him through my original trainer and the person who took me on, which is Tornado. Okay. Uh, Mark Bartolucci. Um, they used to be tag team partners together in the WWE. Yep. Uh, he lives out in Sudbury with me, and out in Sudbury we don't have a ring. I'm very, very limited as to how I can train. Um, you know, I learned the fundamentals in his basement. Um, I learned suplexes on a mattress. Sort of like the dungeon then. In a dungeon. Um, you know, but I needed a ring to fully develop myself. I, you know, I began with crossbody in a ring in the summertime of 2018. But afterwards, I ended up here at uh, Tyson Duke's Wrestling Factory. Awesome. So you travel back and forth between Sudbury and here? Yes. A couple times a month on weekends, I would travel from Sudbury to London. One way is about six hours for two hours of training, and then I'm that's I'm it. heading back tonight. I'm heading back tonight, six hours. That's a lot of dedication, and but you know you're here and getting a lot of knowledge. If you really want it, you don't have a choice. You do it. Exactly. So. 
obviously it's been a great experience being here and so you'd obviously recommend it to others. Yes, this was hands down the best decision I ever made. Okay. Uh, one of my other questions is uh, I've been asking is intergender wrestling. Guys like uh, Triple H and uh, Jim Cornette think it's garbage and not really needed right now. Um, obviously it's hot on the independent scene and with it being a performance art, it's seen on almost every show. What are your feelings on it? I am very undecided at this point how I feel about it. Um, it's new to me because I am new to wrestling overall. Um, again, in my tenure career in emergency services, I have to face a lot of domestic violence and I see a lot of that stuff in my everyday job, Monday to Friday. Um, so now when it comes to intergender wrestling, I love to challenge myself, however, and I do find that practicing here at Tyson Dukes Wrestling Factory with some of the um, heavier male athletes. Um, I'm able to do a lot of things um, where I can develop myself where sometimes it's difficult to do it with a smaller female because they can't post for me, for example. I love to do explosive things, you know, strength-based things, fly. And um, so I, I'm slowly growing into the intergender wrestling and I have been practicing it here in my practice matches here at Tyson Dukes Wrestling Factory. Awesome. So where can people find you? What do you have uh, coming up in uh, upcoming bookings and social media? How can people find you? Um, so on social media, um, I've created, uh, actually, first off, <laughs> I never had social media um, until 2018, actually. Yeah. I live, you know, in, up north. I don't have that stuff. Um, but Tyson Dukes told me that I have to get social media. So now here I am. I've created myself a YouTube account. Um, it's under Andrea Benoit, which is my name. Um, it says slash Nova Wrestler, just so you can type in both, you can find me. Uh, basically what I have on YouTube is all of my practice matches from day one. So, you know, from Mark's basement to crossbody to here at Tyson Dukes Wrestling Factory. Um, I'm just basically keeping a record of my matches and seeing myself grow and develop. So that's kind of a personal thing, but you guys are welcome to check it out. Yeah, it's a nice sort of video diary, almost <laughs> like Mick Foley wrote all his stuff out by hand. You got all yours in visual, which is awesome. As and much you as can I can. As much as I can. As long as someone's there to, if they're allowing me to video record it, I try and do as much as I can. Uh, furthermore, I have Twitter, which is Nova Wrestler. I have Instagram, Nova Wrestler. And I have Facebook, Nova Wrestler. So pretty easy to find you. Yes. Uh, any upcoming bookings you want to plug? Um, the next booking that I have is, um, right now we're trying to figure out April 20th for Mary Posa Mayhem for Smash. I may or may not be in that. However, April 13th, uh, FCL in Quebec, which is Fédération Canadienne de Lutte. Um, I'm in an all-women's tournament in Shawanigan, Quebec. Okay, I think I saw that one. Yes, I'll be, uh, it'll be a triple threat. I'm facing Violet Lee and Jody Threat. Nice. So I want to thank you for your time, and uh, we'll check in uh, when time allows, maybe it's six months, nine months, to a year, and see how things have progressed over time, and uh, I want to thank you for your time. Thank you so much. It was a pleasure. You hear the rumble in here? The rumble is the sound of progression, and fundamentals are being made at the Wrestling Factory. This is Tyson Dukes, and you're listening to the Scumbags of Wrestling podcast, y'all. The power building. It's anarchy rules. The unthinkable 
ultimate battle for the Impact World Championship. Who's the best in the world? Crowd is electric. Is upon us. I'm shocked. Are we looking at the next world champion? Impact Wrestling presents Rebellion. Live Sunday, April 28th, only on pay-per-view. It all goes down on Sunday, April 28th, from the Rebel Entertainment Complex in Toronto, Ontario, Canada. Impact Wrestling presents Rebellion, live on pay-per-view. Tickets are now available. At Rebellion, you will see the X-Division Championship on the line as Rich Swan takes on Sammy Callahan. Their history runs deep. Emotions are at a peak when they clash because they were once as close as brothers. Now, at Rebellion... These two will clash over the X-Division Championship. What will happen when they meet? What will go down at the Rebel Entertainment Complex? The Knockouts Championship is on the line as Talia Valkyrie takes on Jordan Grace. Jordan Grace scanned through ticket to Rebellion by defeating the returning Madison Rain and will now challenge Talia Valkyrie for the Knockouts Championship. Grace might be the one knockout on the roster who can match power with Taya. Attitude? That's a whole different situation. What will happen when these two clash live? It'll be full metal mayhem as the Lucha Brothers take on LAX for the world tag team titles. Two teams have known each other their entire lives. Two teams who both look to Conan for leadership, advice, and guidance. Two teams who have battled for months over the world tag team titles. The next chapter is written at Rebellion. It's the return of the Hall of Famer as Tessa Blanchard takes on Gail Kim. Gail Kim is coming out of retirement to face Tessa Blanchard in a collision that has been anticipated for months. It's the past versus the present, and the only question left is who is better? Who will win? What will be the fallout after Rebellion? When all is said and done. In the main event, Johnny Impact takes on Brian Cage for the World Championship with Lance Storm as a special guest referee. Johnny Impact broke the hearts of Impact fans around the world when he turned his back on them and Brian Cage. Now, they have the rematch of the century that's been asked for since homecoming. Can Brian Cage become World Champion in Toronto? What will Johnny Impact have up his sleeve? The showdown has been building for quite some time, and it finally comes to fruition at Rebellion this Sunday, April 28th, from the Rebel Entertainment Complex in Toronto, Ontario. It's the news that everyone's been talking about. Chris Jericho's Rock and Wrestling Rager at Sea Part 2, the second wave, is getting ready to go, along with thousands of the friends of Jericho and me sailing across the ocean to have the best vacation of a lifetime. I want to tell you right now, the hottest wrestling promotion in the world today, All Elite Wrestling, will be there. That's right, some of the greatest rock and roll bands in the world, some of the funniest comedians on the planet, paranormal experiences where you'll be wondering, is this really happening? Well, the answer is yes, it is really happening, and so is Chris Jericho's Rock and Wrestling Rager at Sea, Part 2, Second Wave. Sign up for all the info for this all-elite vacation now at ChrisJerichoCruise.com. I want you on board Chris Jericho's Rock and Wrestling Rager at Sea so we can all sail away, man! We'll see you there. Oh, yeah! It's a path to the divine.
All Elite Wrestling is going to be presenting Double or Nothing from the MGM Grand in Las Vegas on May 25th. Along with continuing the Being Elite series on YouTube, they also have another series called Road to Double or Nothing. On this week's episode, it was revealed that Cody Rhodes will face his brother, Dustin Rhodes, at that event for Double or Nothing. It was kind of interesting news because WWE had the opportunity to have the brothers go against each other years ago, and they wanted even to have a WrestleMania match, but that didn't happen. They became tag team partners and champions with each other and then got split off and Cody ended up leaving. But Dustin still had a lot of time left on his schedule or on his contract, should I say. But just after that release of the Road to Double or Nothing episode this weekend, Dustin Rhodes ended up posting a statement saying that he had requested his release from WWE and it was granted to him as he has a lot of other opportunities ahead of him, including some movies he's going to be doing. But this was his opportunity for one last ride, maybe even a rebirth after his uh, knee surgeries, but at least able to go to double or nothing to face his brother, whether it is his last opportunity in the ring or not. That was granted by WWE. He was thankful to everybody at WWE, thankful to the fans who have supported him all over the years, and even thanked Goldust, as there was a video of him tucking away all his Goldust stuff into a trunk. And Pro Wrestling Tees released a shirt for him, and he's doing a half face paint with like sort of Darth Maul red and black, with the other side of his face being the natural Dustin Rhodes. So that was the main uh, news coming out of All Elite Wrestling this week. And looking at the card, you got Hangman Page taking on Pac, which was Neville. SoCal Uncensored taking on Sema and two other gentlemen from China. Kenny Omega is taking on Chris Jericho. Dr. Brick Baker, Nyla Rose, and Kylie Ray will be in a three-way women's match. Sunny Kiss, Kip Saban, Brandon Cutler, Ace Romero, Glacier, Brian Pillion Jr., Sunny Days, MJF, Joey Janela, and a few others will be part of the Over the Top Battle Royal, or Over the Budget Battle Royal, should I say. And the Young Bucks are going to take on the Lucha Brothers for the AAA Tag Team titles as the Young Bucks recently won those from the Lucha Brothers in an impromptu, unscheduled match. Double or Nothing is shaping up to be a decent card, and this will be their first kick at it, as All In was by Cody and the Young Bucks, but at the same time, they used people from New Japan, as they were still affiliated with them, and from Ring of Honor. In this case, they're building a roster from scratch and we'll see who all appears hopefully it's not a lot of old WWE guys Cody has said that they need to have a good balance and mix but they want to bring in some new talent that has not had the opportunity ever with this sort of spotlight and apparently we'll finally find out about a TV deal there's rumors that it could be with TNT a Turner station. So 
that could happen, but when it does, that's not supposed to be until October and be on Tuesdays, conveniently enough, when SmackDown moves from Tuesdays to Fridays over on Fox. So there won't be any competition between the two brands. That same weekend as Double or Nothing, it's going to be StarCast 2. Conrad Thompson announced that this week, unfortunately, due to contract extensions or re-signing by Kurt Angle and The Undertaker, they're no longer going to be at StarCast 2. Conrad was assured that they're going to be suitable replacements sent by WD, and the WD would even cover the cost of any damages caused by the removal of Taker and Angle. It looks like at the moment, Mark Henry has been that replacement. There could be one or two others, but it's been stated there won't be anybody from the main roster because even Conrad tried to get somebody like Shawn Michaels. He pitched having Vince, Stephanie, or Triple H being there with proceeds that happened from that appearance that they would have done going to Connor's Cure, but that has been turned down, and WD has yet to, I guess, maybe fully extend their branch and give suitable replacements other than Mark Henry. It was also announced that Dustin Rhodes will be appearing at StarCast along with Demon Bunny, Allie, or Cherry Bomb, and Rosemary. Other stars set to appear at StarCast 2 include the Young Bucks, Cody, Chris Jericho, Randy Rhodes, Kenny Omega, Frankie Kazarian, Scorpio Sky, Christopher Daniels, Hangman Page, Joey Janela, Penelope Ford, Sting, Bret Hart, Ric Flair, Tony Schiavone, Taz, Jim Ross, Jerry the King Lawler, Lita, Amy Dumas, Kevin Nash, Scott Hall, X-Pac, Sean Waltman, Ricky the Dragon Steamboat, Barry Windham, Aaron Anderson, Tully Blanchard, J.J. Dillon, Magnum T.A., Eric Bischoff, Colt Cabana, Bruce Pritchard, Joy Ryan, Tommy Dreamer, The Godfather, Jerry Lynn, Conan, Terry Funk, Hurricane Helms, Swoggle, Rob Van Dam, Brian Pillman Jr., The Blue Meanie, Liva Bates, Bill Lapter, Madison Rain, Ashley Macero, plus many more with some of the upcoming shows that will happen, including the roast of Ric Flair. DDP will have a DDP Yoga Double or Nothing workshop. Behind the Paint with Sting, Sharpshooter, Bret Hart in his own words, Talk is Jericho, live, an evening with Cody and the Young Bucks, Lita's panel on women's wrestling, What Happened When, with Tony Schiavone, Something to Wrestle With, with Bruce Pritchard, Wrestling Observer Live with Dave Meltzer and Brian Alvarez, 30 Years and Five Stars Later, with Jim Ross and Ric Flair, Ricky Steamboat, talking about their epic battle. Crazy Like a Fox, Remembering Brian Pillman, and I Quit discussion involving Tully Blanchard and Magnum T.A. from their Starcade battle, an empty arena retrospective with Jerry the King Lawler and Terry Funk, 83 weeks with Eric Bischoff, 
The Art of Wrestling with Colt Cabana, Cosplay Contest with Leva Bates, a jam session with Frankie Kazarian and The Godfather, plus Xbox One Two Three Sixty. 360 Degrees of the Attitude Era. It all happens May 23rd to the 26th in Las Vegas at Caesars Palace, Tuscany Suites and Casino. If you're not there for Double or Nothing or StarCast 2, you can catch both events and all the different panels on the Fight TV app. Following the news that the former hottest free agent in pro wrestling, Kenny Omega, is joining AEW, London Comic Con can finally announced that the best belt machine is making his way to Southwest Ontario for London Comic Con 2019 this October. Omega will be available to meet fans, sign autographs, and host a special VIP video game tournament. More details and announcements are coming soon. Check out London Comic Con for more details. The Ontario Wrestling Events calendar is presented by Stogie Mania Wrestling Podcasts. It's the trifecta. Great cigars, great company, great wrestling. That's what they do. Check out their video blogs on Facebook or their podcast available on Spotify. Canada's original and best horror weekend, Shockstock, the all-nighter freighter, comes to London Ramada in April 26th to the 28th. Already announced for the event is Sleazy P. Martini of Guar, and he's coming to Shockstock 2019. So you want to meet the manager with the mostest, you're going to get your wish. The Art of Clown, David Howard Thorne, makes his way to Shockstock. Don't you dare miss it. April 26th to the 28th, 2019, London, Ontario, the Ramada Inn, it's Shockstock. This is Jim Strider, live from the Tyson Dukes Wrestling Factory, and you're listening to the Scumbags of Wrestling Podcast. And now let's wrap this episode up with a little bit of news from WWE. Ronda Rousey just recently announced that her plans originally for WWE got changed and extended a lot more than she intended to. She made her debut at the Royal Rumble in 2018, made her first match at WrestleMania teaming with Kurt Angle, but was expected only to go until November before taking a break from the road and looking to have her family with her husband, Travis Brown. Well, they put the title on her, there was a chance that she was going to be main eventing WrestleMania, so things kept on going as they did, and she stayed longer. And now that WrestleMania is done and she's dropped her title to Becky, she's now able to go off to spend some time with her husband and see what avenues happen with starting a family. She also had to get surgery done on her one pinky finger because it was broken during the WrestleMania match, and there's a couple pins in there, and so she'll be wearing a cast and healing up from that. So 
she's not even sure at the moment if and when she does have a child, if she'll be in the mindset of wanting to be with her child all the time and give up everything to be a mom full time, or if she'll have that itch to get back into the ring, even though as well, she still has just under two years left on her WWE contract. So only time will tell what happens with Ronda Rousey. The other night, WD had a special with the final chapter involving the Shield, and it had a couple of matches on it as well from Malone, Illinois, and that had Finn Balor against Elias, with Finn Balor retaining his Intercontinental title. After the match, Elias got back on his guitar because he still wanted to finish his song, and he was joined by the Riot Squad, who ended up singing with him. That turned into Ruby Riot and Sarah Logan taking on Bailey and Ember Moon. Ember hit the Eclipse on Ruby for the win, and that led to The Shield doing an old-school promo uh, with the handheld camera in the back, which then led, obviously, to the main reason why everybody was watching the show, and that was Seth Rollins, Roman Reigns, and Dean Ambrose in their last run as The Shield officially as of this moment taking on Drew McIntyre, Bobby Lashley, and Baron Corbin. The match ended with the Shield hitting the triple powerbomb on Baron Corbin, and they then addressed the audience with the audience chanting, please don't go to Dean Ambrose. Ambrose gave a little emotional and inspirational speech saying that people can work hard and can do whatever they want, just like Seth Rollins had by winning the Universal Championship and how Roman Reigns was able to come overcome his cancer and leukemia issues, but that gave him motivation to do his own thing and figure out what he wants to do in life. The show ended with all three men hugging, and presumably, unless something changes in the near future, Dean is gone and... We saw with the superstar draft or shakeup that Seth is on Raw and Roman has been moved over to SmackDown and he's going to be in a feud with the McMahons and Elias to start off things and that keeps him away from the title. And then Seth Rollins has AJ Styles coming up at Money in the Bank as well. And also, as we saw on SmackDown this week, the short-lived... Big O, replacement of Big E in New Day, turned into Kevin Owens turning on Kofi Kingston, presumably because he felt that he was left off the WrestleMania card and it was because of Kofi and Kofi Mania. And now he wants to go after Kofi and get that WWE Championship away from him for himself. So they're going to go against each other, also presumably at Money in the Bank this week. We're going to find out some of the participants in the ladder matches for the male and females, at least from the Raw side, and then eventually we'll find out the SmackDown side. That announcement should also give us an indication on what's going to happen with the career and current direction for Sasha Banks. They have it right now that she's basically taken her ball and gone home because she's not happy with what happened. Behind the scenes, she was hoping to still retain that tag team titles with Bailey, but there was talk that Bailey and her were splitting up anyways. There were so many other 
options that could have done, which, yeah. If you're not happy and she's sitting out her contract, apparently, then she's going to do the same thing that basically Neville did and go forward. If not, she could be announced as one of the participants in the women's ladder match for Money in the Bank. There's some conflicting reports that possibly Backlash in June has been cancelled, but at the same time, there could be two pay-per-views in June as they're also planning on going back to Saudi Arabia uh, one of the first Fridays in June. So both events might happen or just the Saudi event in June. Going back to Money in the Bank just for a moment, it has been announced also that since Becky has the Raw and SmackDown women's titles, she's actually going to be doing double duty at Money in the Bank defending both titles, one against Lacey Evans and the other against Charlotte Flair. And it's interesting that they're going back to Charlotte still between the two of them. It'd be nice to see a different direction with the SmackDown Championship where Charlotte has to maybe chase for it and start from the bottom. Even though, of course, she didn't technically lose the title because Ronda was the one who was pinned. So I can see what's going on there. But they do need to kind of shake things up with the direction of where the women are going and not just be dominated by Charlotte. It could be an interesting opportunity whether or not (laughs) Becky retained both titles during the Money in the Bank pay-per-view. And it also makes her vulnerable for the winner of the women's ladder match depending on when things are placed on the card because she'd be really good pickings after already enduring two matches with Evans and Flair that somebody could uh, just quickly swoop in and pick up the scraps and become one of the women's champions. And that right there gives us seven matches already for the Money in the Bank pay-per-view that's coming up and they can throw in some tag team titles, hopefully, or even the Intercontinental title and U.S. title. The other thing of note for Raw and SmackDown lately has been the Superstar Shake-Up, and where things are going back and forth, there's talk that Charlotte Flair might have pulled a little bit of power play. It could have even been Fox saying they wanted Latino presence on SmackDown when it moves over to Fox. But regardless of what the political reasons are, at one point, Andrade and Zelina Vega were moved over to Raw, and that's why we saw Finn Balor against Andrade happen there before Finn got moved over to SmackDown. But now this week, you have Andrade, Zelina Vega, and Aleister Black moved over to SmackDown, and that's presumably as people have thought, to keep Charlotte and Andrade together, but also because Zelina and Aleister Black are married. That's why they're, as a threesome, moved over to SmackDown. And as we saw also, it gave the chance for a rematch between Balor and Andrade. Balor got his win back, so they are got 50-50 booking. But those two can really go well against each other. So they need to find some way of 
getting some heat back on Andrade and extending their feud somehow. In exchange for that move, it appeared, as we saw on Monday, that Cesaro got moved over, so there's the ending of the bar for now. And also, it was officially made uh, known that Samoa Joe is over on Raw, along with his U.S. title, and they were part of three-way matches to determine number one contender for Seth Rollins. Uh, Samoa Joe was, and you had Cesaro beating Alexander in his Raw debut. Plus, of course, over on Raw, there was a couple of character shakeups involving Bobby Roode, where he's now shaved off his beard, has a full bushy mustache, and is going again by Robert Roode. So he's turned heel, is doing a very arrogant version of himself that that we probably saw over in uh, Impact and TNA. But it's kind of weird. He shaved off his beard and got 10 years older and in appearance at least. And almost looks a little bit more like Ravishing Rick Rude instead of Glorious Robert Rude. The other character shakeup was Bray Wyatt, who is no longer with his uh, long, bushy beard and dreads and looking like he's homeless. He came out in a cartoony-type segment reminiscent of Mr. Rogers and Pee-wee's Playhouse, and he has his own... Presented the Firefly Funhouse, and there was a witch puppet and a uh, Mercy the Buzzard in a box uh, sort of puppet, and it was really kind of weird. I guess it's looking as though it's a children's cult leader he's doing, which we already kind of saw that when he had the children singing, he's got the whole world in his hands, but this is a different version of it, which... There could be something still creepy turning. It looked really odd. And he even took a chainsaw to a cardboard cutout of his old look with his uh, butcher apron on and the bushy beard. And yeah, there's a lot of talk, I guess, that it could be, as I said, a children's cult uh, that he's trying to look like he's starting and mind control of children and whatever. And if that's true, there has been talk that uh, some pressure from stockholders want that ditched because it's not very PG, I guess-ish, depending on your view. So even though this new character and direction of Bray Wyatt debuted, if those supposed pressures are in fact existing... The Firefly Funhouse could be a very short-lived experiment and they have to now reboot again and go a different direction. So the future of Bray Wyatt is up in the air uh, either way because there was probably going to be a dark turn, but they might have to do it a lot quicker than expected if there is that backlash that's going on. And that's going to wrap it up for this edition of the Scumbags Wrestling Podcast. I'd like to thank you all for joining me. Check us out on Facebook, where we have a daily 
watch along with Alex Acosta at about 7 o'clock every night. And we do the daily Superstar of the Day celebrating somebody's birthday in the wrestling industry. You can also email me at scumbagswrestling at gmail.com. And of course, be sure to share this podcast on any of the podcast platforms that you, you or your friends happen to take part in. And make sure that they like and subscribe to this. I wish you all a great week. I finally caught up on WrestleMania and going to see everything else that's happened slowly over the last little bit and be back on track for next week when I come back with another new episode of the Scumbags Wrestling Podcast. Have a good one. Granted, I understand it's essentially the same unappreciative crowd full of scumbags from last night. <laughs>